Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Have you ever had a thought in your head and you just felt the entire world needed an opportunity to hear your thoughts and all that kind of great stuff? Well, if so, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor Podcasting. It is the easiest platform I have found to make a podcast. They have editing tools, episode creation tools. There's even a green room function. Check it all out. On top of that, they even distribute the whole thing for you for free. The entire thing is free. You can get onto Apple Podcasts. You can get onto Spotify Podcasts, which are, you know, the two that I find get the most traction. And then you get Stitcher and all kinds of other stuff, Black Box, What Box, and all the other boxes that I'm not familiar with. If you are interested in making your own podcast right now, download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome back to the Ghost Cold Podcast. I'm your host, OJ. In this episode, we got Duncan Evans chatting with Sylvain. Her new album, Nova, is out March 4th from Season of Mist. And welcome to the Ghost Cult Podcast. I'm Duncan Evans, and today our special guest is Sylvain, a.k.a. Catherine Shepherd. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good, thank you very much. Could be worse. Could be better too, I guess, but could be worse. Yeah, it's a running theme for a lot of people across the world at the moment. Could be better. We're all hoping that COVID disappears, but, uh, you know, we just got to wait it out, I guess. For sure, absolutely. All right, so you have a new album coming out in March 2022, and it is appropriately as a new album. It's called Nova. I wanted to just explore that a little bit. So so the word Nova can mean new, or it can describe like a brief burst of brightness from a star. So I just wonder if you can talk a bit about that, about the name of the album and how it relates to the themes and what you want to convey. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of funny how the name itself came about because it wasn't actually a conscious choice. It kind of came out of the first piece of the record that's also called Nova. And then I just happened to really connect with the meaning of it. Like you said, it can mean um, something new. So it can say a new beginning or it can also mean death, for example, or the passing on to something new. It can also be, like you said, you you grow bigger and bigger to the brightest point and then kind of return back to normal. So it, again, it speaks about transitions. So the title Nova actually came out of this choir piece, that's the first track of the record, um, where I didn't write actual lyrics, because I really early on knew that I didn't want to have um, actual lyrics in it. Like It's so funny, you make music to not put words on things that can be difficult to talk about, and yet you end up having to write lyrics anyways. So with this one, I just wanted to uh, have something that was very... It was very um, impulsive. It was very like spur of the moment. I wrote down syllables that I wanted to use with the choir piece. It just was kind of improvised. And the two syllables, no and va, kept popping up in my mind. So when I sat back and listened to it for the first time, I, I heard this Nova, Nova repeating throughout the piece. And I was like, okay, that means the song needs to be called Nova. And um, as I was writing the record, this piece became quite important um, to me. And uh, it just was just, it was just a very fitting title for the record the record speaks about loss uh personal loss collective loss transitions new beginnings but also how things never last so it's like you're forced into new beginnings and the beauty but also the grief that arises from that so having a title that can mean new definitely seemed like a very fitting uh fitting one for this specific record fantastic yeah so you mentioned um the the lyrics or like in a way the lack thereof on 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 the first track where you made up syllables and i guess almost invented a language specifically for that 
track. Um, so I, I noticed that most of the songs have English lyrics and then one has Norwegian lyrics and then there's Nova that you mentioned, which has like your own made up language. So I, I wondered how, how you decide um, about matching the lyrics to the music. Which comes first? Do you start with the music and then apply lyrics to that or do you write lyrics completely separately then build the music around or does it all kind of happen together? So what I've learned now after doing four albums, like what isn't much for a lot of, I mean, like my, many artists have given up, like, you know, one of my favorite, first favorite bands with Aerosmith has given up like 30, 40 <laughs> records, you know, but after four albums, I already realized that there's no rules here. Like every album, every song even kind of takes on its own shape and it just doesn't follow a, a certain structure. But in general, um, I kind of write lyrics all the time. Uh, it sounds very pretentious, I don't mean it like that, but I have a document on my phone that I kind of, I'm always, if I think of something or just like a sentence, a word that sounds despairing, I'll write it down. So I have this quite big document with random shit, let's be honest, <laughs> on my phone. Uh, so I'm always writing lyrics. And um, of course, when you come to an album, when you have something specific you want to convey, you have to go into more details and write stuff that's uh, fitting to that. But in general, for me, the music comes first. And then I have lyrics, like bits and bobs that I would like to work into the music because I feel that the emotions of the music convey the same thing as those lines and from there it kind of grows. Um, and when it comes to language, it's um, a lot of my melody lines that I write for Sylvain are basically made with improvisation. So I'll have usually the first thing that pops up, that seems to be kind of a rule, if you can call it that, um, is the first guitar, like the, the main rhythmic guitar that has like the chord structure, the, the structure of the whole song. I'll improvise to that. And very often I'll use like made up language just because it's kind of just comes out that way. And sometimes I'll stick with that because I feel like this is the most pure way that this song can exist. And otherwise I want to, other times I want to change, change it basically. And there's certain melodies and stuff that I just don't know, they feel very different when I sing them in Norwegian. Because my, my mother tongue is English, but I've been speaking Norwegian for basically my whole life as well. Because I've been living here for most of my life in Norway. So it just really feels different. It feels more personal in a way, because it's a language that I never really connected with for music. But when I started, like, I wanted to introduce some things here and there because I do like the language and like the sound of it, I like the way it looks written. And it just feels so different. So I remember, for example, the song Merklokt on my previous record. It was very clear that this one needs to be in Norwegian. It just gives it a whole different emotional level for me. So it, it comes down to the same thing as always for me with music and art in general. It's like what is cor correct or what fits with the emotion. So the language that can express what the music is trying to express the best is the one that I'll go with for whatever song I'm working on. Yeah. So it sounds like it kind of all comes out of a feeling first and then everything stems from there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess following on from that then, because there's so much orchestration that, that's gone into, that goes into your music and especially on, on this album, Nova. And I know you're classically trained, um, and you're multi-instrumentalist um, and, you know, you, you kind of understand the music theory and, and all that. Um, so I, I wondered how that actually, again, how that process happens. Like, do you sit with the guitar first and come up with some basic ideas and demo them and then, I don't know, do a, do a more um, detailed demo later on? Or is it all, does it all really happen in the studio where you're actually just recording part by part and making them up as you go along? Like, or, or do you write down using notation? Because it's so intricate. I just wonder how you kind of hold that all together yourself. 
after that, again, it's a kind of a case by case thing. It kind of yeah. something's happened. Like, well, it just kind of yeah. The the song will dictate what is going to happen actually. But most of the, most of the time, it's basically just me with my unplugged electric guitar. So the least kind of sexy version you can have, just playing out the chords and like messing around with that, and just trying to find something that uh, well just trying to find something and, and find something that's, that's kind of um, in tune with what I am feeling, obviously, at that moment. So mostly just me playing my unplugged electric guitar. And from there, that usually gives me an idea of what the song will be already there, because I really do believe that even if you strip down a song down to the bare minimum, let's say a guitar and voice, for example, this still should work. It still should be able to tell the same story. So I really like to try to keep that in mind when I'm composing. So the, the chord structures are quite important. Um, I mean, that sounds silly. They're probably important in every song, but I'm super sure you see what I mean. Um, totally, yeah. So, yeah, that's basically how it works. And from there on, I usually uh, I have ideas for, like, for example, guitar leads or layers that I want to add that will build up under the emotion, because uh, that's obviously the most important for me in everything I do musically. And uh, the vocals usually come in quite quickly after the guitar, and then I will start programming some drums probably, um, work with my drummers that I work with, like my dad, I work with um, Nish from Alsace, I work with Dorian, my live drummer for this record, and work together with them to work out the drum parts. I usually program some stuff, send it to them, they'll send something else back to me, or we'll go work together in the studio. And then bass comes also a little bit later on. It's really depends. Sometimes you'll have like specific ideas for layers, and then sometimes you just... What I like to do also is I like to play the song, just like plug my guitar in, put whatever effects I feel for uh, at the moment, usually like a washy reverb or something, and just play. Sometimes you'll find stuff that you'll end up with like many layers and you'll have to take away like half them because they're actually not adding anything. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's a lot about, yeah, it's like improvisation, but kind of planned in a way. Like it's, it still makes sense. It's still like based out of an idea that's there. And of course, um, there's always some studio magic as well. There's always some things that you try out in the studio. Uh, but for me, I have very detailed demos that I go into with the studio because I want to have a very good idea of what the song is before I enter the studio. Yeah. Um, just basically, I'm a bit of a control freak. I will admit. <laughs> going in the studio without like any uh, kind of um, set structures and stuff is a bit too risky. I feel for myself. I know myself. So the demos are quite uh, finished. What you hear in my demos, like the finished versions and what you hear on the album are not that different. Some things change, some things are added, some things are taken away sometimes. But in general, yeah, the demos are usually quite detailed. I just start, you know, recording the one guitar and it just kind of escalates from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so, so you've talked quite a bit about this idea of the emotion and the feeling and how everything just kind of blossoms from there and I, I suppose um, for me listening to Nova and um, there's a lot of emotion there, there's a lot of feeling, um, it's got a magical kind of otherworldly quality about it um, but it also feels very human for me as well and I know that the lyrics seem to link to some very very human personal things that might have gone on in your life that might also uh, be relatable for anybody. There's the heavy and harsh sections but there are also the soothing parts and there's this, I guess there's this juxtaposition the position of the really kind of beautiful stuff and then the really kind of harsh difficult stuff is that conscious and I, I guess what feelings do you want people to actually feel as they go through the process of the album well i want them to feel feelings that are 
basically a part of their story in their life. I don't want to give anything specific to people. I want to share my innermost things with them. But then it's up to them basically to put their story into it. You know, it's not, uh, I want you to feel sad when you hear the song. <laughs> but like, of course, there's certain emotions that went into it for me, like when I was creating it. And of course, it's extra magic when people come to you without actually knowing where it comes from and they tell you the story that you basically had when you wrote it and you're like ah it makes you feel definitely less alone so that's pretty cool when that happens but um yeah basically it's it's been um i mean in general life is built up of oppositions right and like a balance between between things and balance between light and dark if you want to call it that harsh beautiful things that are super difficult but that's give the most beautiful results i mean it's like it's built up of opposites so i knew that when i wanted to make uh sylvain um that i wanted to to build on this because i think it's really interesting it's interesting not to have kind of the same line the whole time but trying to to create this balance uh that that feels natural but they're still kind of like fighting but coexisting you know in a way uh between the dark elements and the lighter elements in the music so it definitely was a conscious choice and it's something that's kind of stayed throughout the all the records for Adams I already said that I want to push it a bit further seeing how far I can push the the borders of the two for Nova I think we've gone even a little farther like now it's really um for me there's like three different sections on the record basically there's the ambient section there's the kind of rock whatever section and the metal section and they all co coexist naturally for me I feel like they do tell a story all together but there definitely is like big opposing forces, maybe more than on my previous records. So um, I remember thinking when we released the first track um, just a few weeks ago from this record and it was quite poppy and like rocky and there's no screaming vocals or anything. Knowing the next track that's going to be released is one of the most metal that I ever made. One really wondering what people will say. And then after that, having a pure choir piece and they're like, what is this album? <laughs> because definitely, um, Something that happened naturally, but the, the kind of opposing forces has always been a, a, a conscious choice and a natural choice for me in my music because I, I feel it honestly just reflects the way that we exist here on this planet. So. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, and I would say that, that all of those elements, to me, are pushed further on this album, but I think it absolutely hangs together. I think that the journey feels absolutely natural it doesn't feel like um you're just putting separate ideas together that don't work at all it really really flows um yeah it's a journey and that's uh, that's what a good album should be um for me anyway um yeah okay then so i, I wonder then if if you do feel able to talk about some some of the, the the personal inspiration behind the lyrics and the themes of the album like what it actually does mean to you and what that sort of loss that you've mentioned was and it's fine if you don't want to talk about that but i wondered if you did feel able to yeah of course like i said i like people to kind of put their own um point of view into the song so i mean like going into very big details is not necessary but basically yeah it's a record speaking about loss and i was going through in 2019 2020 just happened to be going through some of the hardest moments of my life i always say this because it's really important i know i come at this from a point of privilege like i'm living in a western country i have really good family i have good friends i have a roof over my head so i sometimes feel a bit bad saying stuff like that but it was true at those those two years were extra hard for me in my personal life and then of course covid came along and just made things so much worse for everyone on a global level 
So half of Nova was written before. It was written in 2019, and the other half was in 2020. So it's basically just a record dealing with trying to express how to deal with and not actually offering any answers, but just how to deal with the fact that no matter what happens in life, the only thing that is certain is uncertainty. Yeah. Nothing lasts forever. No matter how much you try to hold on to things, no matter how much you put into something or how much you think something is the way it seems, it might just break and it will be gone. And that's just how it is. And you have to deal with it. And at the same time that this record speaks about the grief of loss, because um, it's never an easy thing to, to, to deal with, obviously, for anyone, and no matter if it's, we're talking about death, if we're talking about breakups, if we're talking about losing a, a friend or whatever, basically, it can be the interhuman relationship thing. Uh, loss there is, is always difficult. Um, and basically, yeah, at the same time we were going through through this global thing that also was loss. So it was, it was, it was, it was a heavy, it was a heavy year. Um, again, I felt lucky to be able to kind of turn it around and make the most of it and channel that into music. But um, yeah, it's a record that speaks about, speaks about loss and the difficulties, but also the beauty kind of of it, because it means when one door closes, another one opens somewhere. You just have to look for it and look for it. So it's, it's even the cover of Nova, I knew right away that I wanted to depict a person. You can decide. Is she fading away or is she coming into matter? That's kind of the thing. And that was basically in the lyrics as well. Um, it's a, it's the most down-to-earth Sylvain record that I spoke about, like, you know, the, the loss, loss between humans, loss between in the world, you know, losing um, the things that are used to, like your, your habits, losing, losing things, basically. Yeah. If it's physical or if it's more metaphysical. But also, you know, the, the spiritual side of losing the touch with whatever we are before or after. Yeah. For people that believe in that kind of thing, which I obviously do, so it's that the spiritual rupture as well is definitely a big element in this record, even though it's more down to earth than the previous ones. So yeah, record about loss, about uh, how hard it is to lose control and not have control, and just know that the only thing we can be sure about is that things will forever change, um, and the difficulties and beauty of that basically is what this record speaks about. Yeah, no, fantastic. You've talked really eloquently about that. And um, yeah, I think for me, I like music and art that doesn't just doesn't ignore the negative things, um, but put, includes them, but allows you to maybe transcend them. It doesn't doesn't, you know, doesn't have to all be about doom and gloom, but it's about seeing the world as it is seeing seeing life as it is, you know, and putting that into something. And then I guess, trying to find some transcendence uh, to be able to move past grief and things and I definitely get a lot of that from uh from this album and uh yeah from what you're saying that's kind of what uh, what it's all about to a large degree okay so you mentioned the artwork i wanted to talk a little bit more about that so it's really really striking so it's got it has a central image of you with no clothes curled up fetus like with your eyes closed um and then it merges into this really beautiful backdrop of stars and it's almost as though you're a a galaxy so you've got this kind of macro and micro thing going on um yeah i just wondered if you could talk a little bit more about that and about the how it ties in with the themes and maybe about working with i think it was andy julia who did the um the photo and then is it daria Andresse that did the digital art so yeah about all of that 
I had this idea quite early on, but I was a bit like, obviously, you're putting yourself, I, my thought was basically, how can I be as vulnerable as possible? Because this record is so personal to me. It's like 100%, just here I am. I'm just like going to be unfolding in front of you. If you want to be invited into this world, I'm going to tell you my story. And I thought, okay, well, there's nothing more vulnerable in this form than just being completely naked and just offering yourself in a very kind of like um, vulnerable position. Um, I thought about it for a while, scared me a little bit, not gonna lie, because it's obviously when you decide to do something that's naked, it's not only uh, the fact that you are showing yourself, even if it's, as you said, there's a digital painting on top of the picture, but still it's like this, it's a threshold to pass. And um, I was also, of course, for a little moment, I was worried about if people would be like, ah, oh, she's taking off her clothes for attention, because that's something that uh, women definitely hear a lot uh, in, the, in the music business. And it's not always untrue because that's kind of also something that has been, it's just, yeah, a toxic thing around the kind of uh, roles of the sexes in the music business. But um, I decided that this is just, this album is me. That's the visual that I had in mind since very early on in the process of making the record. So fuck that. I'm going to do <laughs> basically, excuse my language. Uh, so yeah, I just decided that um, I wanted to really just bear all because this album is so personal that I was like, that's, feels like the moment to be on the cover myself as well and uh, just yeah just be me and um, I knew right away that I want to ask Andy to take the pictures I've taken several pictures with him before he just has like this fantastic eye to capture the moment and it was so cool we were in this really huge photo studio that he had at the time and uh, all alone just like you know blasting like typo negative and shoegaze and like you know, slow dive and stuff and uh, just doing the shoot together so it was really he was really respectful of the vision and very respectful of the situation. He he knows uh, he knows the record well and he knows the, the meaning behind it well. So it was very it was really cool. It was a very special experience to share that with him. And then I knew right away that I wanted to include my best friend uh, Daria Andresen. She's such a wonderful, talented artist and a human being. That's just amazing. So I knew that I wanted to include her. In this work of art because uh, work a piece of work because um, it was important to me to have some people that are really close as a part of the process because again this record was really personal so that's one of the reasons why i got in touch with her and we actually bonded uh, so many years ago now back in i think it was 2012 or something when i wanted her to make the the, the, the cover for my first record was this kind of like textured uh, painting like digital painting style that she has so I asked her, I was like, well, do you think maybe you could, you know, I'm not wanting to push her into something she didn't want to do, but she was right away super excited about the idea. And when she saw the image, she was like, whoa, you know, she was really excited. And she yeah, definitely took uh, took and brought her universe into it, which just happened to completely match up with what I wanted. And it was so amazing that the that, that, that first time I saw the image when she started to do her painting on it, I was like, that that's Nova right there. And I used to look at the cover and listen to the track Nova. And I just felt that the, it was just so right. It just, there was no need to question anymore, anything. It was just that what was, what it was supposed to be. So it was, um, yeah, once again, just about showing this is me, this is a record I made and, and, uh, there's no, there's no walls or anything up. This is just, here we go. Like if you're, if you're up for it, here you go. <laughs> 
Totally. So you mentioned in there, you talked about typo negative and slow dive, and I can't remember which other band you said. But like to me, I, I love those bands. Um, but a lot of people would say, "Whoa, they're, you know, they're they're quite different." And I guess until um, this whole black gaze thing came about, um, not so many people had brought this world of metal together with the, I guess, the world of sort of shoegaze and dream pop and that that kind of heavy experimental side of, of indie. I guess you. you might call it so i I wondered because your music's been given so many labels from black metal to to dream pop to like dark folk and i noticed on the press release um that the the style is listed as atmospheric void gaze so are these labels important to you and like did you come up with atmospheric void gaze and how would you categorize your own music does it even matter it totally doesn't (laughs) i mean i know i I, i'm fully aware that from like a marketing perspective and even for the audience sometimes it could be easier if they have a genre tag to to follow but very honestly i don't really care about the genre tags and i totally didn't come up with this this was my press person in the u.s that came up with it and she asked me because she's not really into that herself and she was like well what are we going to do with you because it's kind of hard to put you in a category and she came up with this tag and i was like sure that sounds cool i like it i like it yeah absolutely it before so let's go with that sure why not so honestly usually what i say about genre tags is just i let people listen to the music and i can call it whatever they want i don't really mind actually um genre tags it's just i'm not so uh maybe it's not so good at or not so into giving music that's because i don't think it's super it's so funny of like taking something that's abstract in nature and taking something that's supposed to be free and trying to put it into a box where it has like a framework of things that are expected from the genre so yeah Genre ties are fine, but they're not something that I uh, am personally very into. And I've seen also, like you said, many different ones used about my music. And it's always interesting to see actually how people perceive it. Um, but myself, I, I struggle. Like sometimes people ask me, so when I'm telling about what I'm doing for a living and people ask me, so what kind of music is it? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, I know that there's some like metal elements, but I would probably be the Last person to say that Sylvain is a metal band, but we play metal festivals. I'm working with a metal label, working with a metal booking agent. So, I mean, we're in that sphere, but uh, yeah, it's quite melodic. It has a lot of atmosphere because I do use a lot of layers because I really like that. So it's a little bit of everything. And I guess that's okay. Uh, And if people want to label that, that's cool, but I'm not very good at it myself. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think the thing with these genre tags is it ign- they ignore the fact that there are so many links between different artists and different songs and different pieces of music that go right across the spectrum. And it, music doesn't exist in these separate boxes at all, um, you know. But but yeah, I get it as well. I get you've got to call it something, otherwise nobody knows, you know, whether to try it or not. So yeah. So um, I guess following on from that, then what are your biggest influences outside of metal? Well, actually, it's funny because I think for my music, I all of my influences, not all, but like a lot of them are outside of metal uh, because I'm very, um, very much under that same, actually ties in with the whole genre thing. I don't really care about genres as long as it's something that speaks to me. It can be whatever, basically. I'm uh, open to it and I'm, I'm enjoying it. So I've always loved classical music. Um a lot of movie scores, scores and stuff like that. I love, I love the you know image with music thing that is always so, so powerful. So a lot of things like, for example, I I fell in love with Philip Glass when I was at my first music school, so music high school, and like the whole minimalist movement that yeah. was really interesting. I found it so fascinating, taking this like mini 
pieces in music and just trying to repeat them but without like changing stuff and it was just a very interesting movement and then of course you have like the more avant-garde um ones like Eric Satie and Claude Debussy and all these that are also fantastic that had a bit more well spicy melodic language to some of the more like classical period um composers so Classical music has been there. Uh, scores, like I said, I love, like Thomas Newman, Danny Elfman has made a whole lot of stuff, uh, Howard Shore. Like, there's a lot of good composers. Yuan Yuanson, like, a lot of great ones that have made uh, cool stuff. Uh, I, like I said, I really like the music and moving images. In terms of, uh, like, regular bands and stuff, it's obviously been, I've always been really attracted to melody and atmosphere. So the whole shoegaze, dream pop, post-punk, uh, dark wave, all this kind of stuff I really, really felt connected to. I always have. was quite into the goth scene when I was a teenager. So I loved um, things like, you know, uh, Dead Can Dance or Sisters of Mercy. I loved Cocteau Twins. Slow Dive, of course. My Blood Valentine was super cool as well. House of Love. You know, there's all this, like, shoegaze bands and, cool. of course, Joy Division. Uh, the Chameleons. I could just go on yeah. forever, basically. <laughs> but a lot of cool bands in that kind of, like, dream pop, uh, shoegaze, um, new wave, dark wave, all this kind of stuff that was really influential to me as well. But I think the first band that really brought it home to me with the whole like kind of dark and light thing was definitely Typo Negative. Because yeah. there was, I had a few other things in my childhood, like I listened to him for a while and stuff like that also had some elements like that. But this band, just like when I heard them for the first time, I was like, wow. And then they, of course they had the humor aspect too, which was really funny mm-hmm. and really cool. But the fact that they, it was like so dark and it's so lush, like, I mean, October Rust. What a masterpiece. It has like everything just in one record. It's, it's It really was a life-changing thing, you know, to discover this band. And uh, they became a huge influence, of course. Um, yeah. Also really like Doom as well, which is technically still metal, isn't it? But um, for example, bands like 40 Watson or Warning, same guy, Patrick Walker, yeah. of course. Been a huge influence as well. Uh, so there's been a little bit of things from everywhere. I also like things like hip hop, like clipping or clipping stuff like that, you know, like mm-hmm. pretty much anything, a lot of different impulses, but I might maybe say like scores and, um, things like instrumental, uh, post rock as well, like explosion in the sky or hammock, that band from the U S are really inspiring as well. Up until pop stuff like Billie Eilish. Yeah. So it's basically a big mix of all kinds of things uh, that have inspired me through the years. And um, yeah, the black metal scene, of course, too here in LA has been great. And is that where the is that where the harsh vocals came in then from the black metal scene? Because I was going to say in all of that, there's I just wondered where the harsh vocals kind of came yeah. in and started. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that was just like kind of that second wave of black metal thing, yeah. Yeah, of course. And I mean, even the original, even though I was kind of I was born in '91, so it was basically I was a bit too young for the like original, the first wave. But still, looking back on it, when I got a little bit older, I got into black metal quite late compared to a lot of my peers. Like it was like later on in, in my late teenage years. But um, I think that was right away I connected to it more than, let's say, death metal or other kinds of, like, uh, for example, um, things that use a bit more, like, false chord style growling vocals. I love the fact that in the black metal scene you have this really emotional, intense, screechy vocals. I was like, I want to do that. That's really cool. So I just felt like it expressed a whole new range of emotions than some of the other metal bands I'd listened to up until that point didn't do. Um, not saying that they're any less good, it just it's hit more home with this kind of style. So the black metal thing became, uh, well, like as soon as I discovered it, I was like, that is very cool, and obviously yeah. seeped into my music as well. 
Yeah, totally. And I, I totally agree with you, by the way, as it as it happens. Um, yeah, when I first heard black metal, it just spoke to me in a way that, say, death metal just, just never has. No disrespect to death metal artists, but it just doesn't speak to me in that in that same way. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting to hear uh, you say nature, that. The nature connection is quite present in the black metal, which is something you don't have as much. as like death metal is maybe a little bit more urban. And uh, I think that's something that was very attractive to me right away in the black metal was that I really felt like, you know, the, the forest and the winter when I listened to the song. I could see it in my mind. So it was really different when I discovered that. So. For sure, for sure. Yeah, okay then. So um, you mentioned, and, and I, I'd already read that you're a yoga practitioner, um, like yoga teacher as, as well as a musician. So I wondered if that those ideas and that practice and maybe the associated ideas like mindfulness and meditation and things like that, do they have an impact on you as an artist and as a musician? I'm sure they do, because the reason I got into yoga is because I'm really strongly into spirituality. That kind of goes, I guess it's not a really big surprise if people know my music at all but um and i just i got into yoga because i wanted a way to it was funny it was actually after being on tour and i was i need a way to reconnect to myself to ground myself and also move a little bit while on tour something that's not like going to you know tire you for the stage but still kind of center yourself and yoga was this practice that i tried a long time ago but i was too young wasn't ready for it and um yeah for sure yoga has become a huge part of my life and has really changed my mindset quite a bit uh, for certain things at least and just kind of I felt like I realigned with myself and I kind of found my music has already helped me a lot with kind of uh, accepting who I am and all the parts of me that I for many years were a bit like why is it like that why am I so fucking different or weird and not in a percentage way but more like you know in a lonely way like always feeling lonely in my life even around people and yoga definitely helped me even further with that and connect with this, the spiritual side. So it, I'm sure it definitely has influenced the way that I write as well, because it's just such a big part of who I am now. And um, basically, it was always there. It's just that in the more recent years, I kind of brought it out into the light a bit more. And um, last year, I wanted to become a yoga teacher for quite a while, because when I started the practice myself, I was like, I need to share this with others. And that sounds like really, you know, like the person that's like, oh, you have a broken arm. Have you tried yoga? <laughs> but still, basically, it was more like if people want it, this practice has such a potential um, for mental health, for physical health, for energetic alignment and stuff like that, spiritual alignment. And um, I knew that I wanted to, to try to share it with others that were open to it. So last year, I had the chance actually to do it because I have been not able to do because of time, lack of time to do the courses and stuff. And last year, uh, I managed to do one online because they went everything went online because of COVID, of course. And I finally had a moment where I could. I needed to take a step back from my album because I kind of hit like um, I hit a threshold at some point where I needed to take a few months off from it because I wasn't progressing in the way I wanted. And I had the chance to do this to to become um, a yoga teacher. And um, definitely is a huge part of my life, huge part of who I am. And it just allows me to really reconnect with that spiritual side of myself. I know a lot of people do yoga just for the physical benefits, which are great. But for me, the spiritual side is what drew me in and definitely is what keeps it in my life on a daily basis and would probably affects a lot who I am and what I put into my art as well. So for sure. I also actually wanted to get into making music for meditation, which is, I know not everyone uses music for that because it's supposed to be like silence, but I wanted to try that at some point. But you know, time, time is an elusive thing. Hopefully one day it'll be possible. <laughs> 
I've just got a couple more questions about um, moving forward into the future. So, um, so you've already collaborated with quite a few other artists, um, Nej from Alcest, um, the split with Unrequited. Um, so do you have any other plans to collaborate with anyone else in the future? And is, is there anyone that you'd love to collaborate with? Um, Oof, that's, I, it's such a good question and it's such a difficult question because like if you could just like choose who you want to collaborate with there's so many people that would be like oh, i would love i would be so honored to do something with them uh first one that comes to mind obviously is patrick walker i just mentioned him like a few questions ago i absolutely adore what he does and it's just so pure his expression it, i have no idea if it would work uh, but it would be so interesting to try would love to work with uh some of the u.s artists that i know like chelsea wolf or emma with rundle could be really cool to try to do something together um that'd be great so yeah yeah it would be so many so many things that would be cool to try to to mix in with um i have this norwegian band that i actually met them um this summer uh, this summer last summer i think it was this summer uh, at a concert like the only concert i went to in like two years mm. <laughs> when it was still kind of like not locked down over here and uh they're called kalandra really great mm -hmm. band like kind of folky norwegian pop a little bit like cold electro style right. super good band uh, we talked about doing something together which could be really cool um to, to have like the worlds meet there and uh, i do actually have a few collaborations coming out next year oh cool one of, yeah i think i can mention both because i think both of them have been published so i did um I, actually it's funny it was a typo negative cover because <laughs> of course as soon as someone mentions that in my friend group i'm like hello hello i'm here uh with the the, the group austere oh cool which song it is burnt flowers falling. Oh so yeah, it's like not not even the, the track that you would expect people necessarily to do a cover of. But I just as soon as he, basically I was asked to do it, I was like, oh yes, that would be so cool. And also they gave me free reigns, which is kind of like Pandora's box because I put vocals everywhere. Yeah, because <laughs> it's fun when you first start like just layering stuff. It, it gets really fun. So oh brilliant! I'll I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, it was really cool. It was super fun to, to work on. I love doing collaborations because it brings new things that you wouldn't otherwise have tried maybe for yourself. So it's cool. And the second one is really outside of my usual comfort zone, which is uh, Carpenter Brutes. It's like a French oh, yeah. synthway project. Yeah. Um, he, and it's funny, he's also related to Typo Negative. He actually wrote me after I did a solo show in Paris a few years back. I think it was 2019. And he really, uh, really adored. I did a cover of anesthesia by type on negative at that show um warming up for emma with Randall. and he really liked this version and he wanted to do like a cover of that song together but like full band version synthwave kind of version uh so that didn't actually work out in the end but after that we try kind of like kept in touch and when he was making his new record that's going to be released in april i believe um it's, it was basically uh, he asked me if I wanted to participate and I was like sure but I mean it's not exactly like my thing but sure I'd love to try so like ending up writing lyrics like like with some certain words I would never use for myself and trying stuff and I'm super happy with how the collaboration uh, collaboration worked in the end so that was really fun um, we also did another track together but I don't think that's going to be released quite yet because the world he said the world wasn't quite ready for it yet. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> now that's intriguing. I want to hear that one now. It really pushed me a little further than I'm used to this, this song. So I'm interested uh, to see that one be released one day. And his fans will be kind of surprised, I think, when that comes out. But yeah, there's, there's some collaborations coming out next year that are interesting. And, and they're always fun to do because, yeah, they definitely push you a little bit further uh, outside of what you would usually do. and uh, But somehow 
you still manage to like you know find your place uh, in in their project and in their universe. So. Absolutely. All right. So last question then. So I can see you've got a handful of shows like booked in, I think, Belgium and Norway for 2022. Like, is it maybe March or April time? Well, we have actually several things that are happening behind the scenes. Nothing of which I can like go into detail about now, but basically there are several tours that are planned. But right now, I think everyone's afraid to assume what's going to happen. Uh, As you said, the first ones we have are are in March and we're trying to get together a few more shows around that uh, first date in Belgium. Yeah, it's supposed to be a pretty nice year of, of touring for us to visit some new places we didn't go to before, so we're really excited for that, but cautiously excited, really hoping for the best. If you asked, would have asked me the same question like last year about what's the touring plans and stuff, I would have said I don't want to selfishly say that I want to tour and play shows. I miss doing that because people have way worse problems in their life at the moment. But right now, I will admit that I selfishly cross my fingers the things kind of calm down and uh, at some point, not right away, but at some point, so things can go back into normal a little bit for the music business because we've been suffering so much for the last couple of years. A lot of businesses have, most businesses have, but the music business have been really down-prioritized compared to other uh, areas of society. So I'm really happy to selfishly cross my fingers and say I hope that our plans work out next year. There's at least two big tours and a few smaller ones that are being worked on at the moment but we'll see what time time will tell what happens but i mean there's nothing more uh, we want nothing more than to be out there and to to see all you guys like around the world and be back on stage and share something with people like face to face with people again That, that would be amazing Absolutely. Well, I hope it works out too. It was so nice. I went to, you know, your show, the Damnation Festival, and then one other show in November. And then I've, because of the way things are going, I'm staying away now. And a lot of shows are getting cancelled and everything. Um, but absolutely, I think we all agree we're crossing our fingers that maybe by spring things can open back up. And then that might be it. There might be no more lockdowns. Um, yes. But yeah we'll we'll see how it goes okay so um just before we wrap up then so nova is released in march um, 4th of march 2022 i believe where can people pre-order it and what different formats is it available in so it's available in uh vinyl formats a few different colors there's one that's sold out but there's still one left i believe uh in a colored vinyl and there's also a cd uh digipack digital of course you can find merch as well t-shirts and stuff like that and you can find that all on Season of Miss uh, European webshop or the North American webshop, as well as on Bandcamp. So there's several different platforms for whatever you prefer um, and several different formats for whatever fits you the best. Fantastic. All right. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you, Catherine. Um, and I wish you all the best for 2022. I hope you can indeed get out there and play some shows. And I will come to some of those shows if you're over in the UK. Thank you so much, Duncan. It was like a big pleasure to speak to you again and to see you again after that little show in Damnation. and yeah let's all hope for the best next year we know it's not going to be easy right away but let's hope that it gets better for everyone because i think we all need it at this point we totally do this has been another episode of the ghost quote magazine podcast check us out at ghostcoatmag.com and follow our socials at ghost mag until the next time peace